say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The In This League Podcast Network. In this ring, in this corner, Joe Pizapia. This corner, Tim Heaney. Gentlemen, let's go. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia, and welcome to In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. It's me, it's Tim Heaney, and it's you. And my goodness, it looks like we might have ourselves a good old-fashioned wrestling war back on. Well, maybe not quite yet, but certainly going that way. I will call this last weekend a success for AEW. I think it absolutely was. And my goodness, Tim, it is an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Tim, it is exciting to see something out there, another alternative to the WWE product on a higher production level scale that I think has captured the hearts and minds of the greater wrestling community. New things are fun, Joe. So New things always, are good. It's always good to talk about that. And yeah, I, I caught most of the matches. I was pleasantly surprised at, at the production value. I uh, have some other thoughts on commentary, but we can get to that later on. But yeah, I was, I was very pleased with the whole thing. Some really great moments there. And, and yeah, WWE responded in a way that they might not have been able to after that. Well, you know what? You mentioned the commentary. So I'm curious. Let's start there before you even get to the wrestling or anything else. Because obviously, a lot to break down there because of the Johnny Moxley situation, him showing up at the end, which a lot of people, including us, thought this was all just a big giant work. And uh, eventually, you know, it turns out not to be true. And we weren't the only ones. I mean, there's a lot of smart wrestling fans out there that thought this was just a big ploy to just redo uh, his character in WWE, which turned out not to be the case, which is really surprising because of the way that they kind of sent him off. So he might have really just kind of put the knife in their back and said, you know what, no, I'm not going to go anywhere. I just went out. I'm just done, blah, blah, blah. And then he turns up on the show. But we'll get to that later. We'll get to the Bucks and Jericho and, uh, you know, Dusty and and Cody and all that stuff. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to break down here. But let's start with the commentary because, you know, in my head, the, the voice of wrestling is JR. I love JR. There were some people who were unhappy, thought he was rusty maybe, or thought maybe he's just less you know, aware of some of these guys, which I don't know if that's the case necessarily. But for me, I I always like to have JR there. I'm all for it. I think the guy in the mask thing is ridiculous to have somebody in a mask on commentary. I forget who it was, but it was, that was kind of goofy. His name is Excalibur. He's, he's done a lot of their, uh, I think he's all in, if I'm not mistaken as well. Yeah, he is. And I just, um, you know, that's gimmicky and goofy. You know how I feel about all that. But anyway, he's, he was big in a pro wrestling gorilla. He has a nice reputation from there. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I get it. Like, part of their appeal is that we're, we're indie. We're going to do it different. We're going to do our own things. But I think there's some things that just, you know, come off. And they, they seem cool in the indies, but when you start putting them on TV every week, you look at it and go, oh, that's goofy. Like, you can't have a guy in commentary in a mask. Like, you can. And it's, like, indie and, and different and whatever. But when you're in, the, like, the main level stuff, I think that gets a little, you come off as, I want to say amateurish, but let's say amateurish. So I don't, I don't, I'm not digging that. The commentary he gave was okay. It was fine. There's been a lot of people in speculation that, Lawler might end up there with JR, which I think is the worst idea ever. And it's you not a knock on Jerry Lawler as much as I think, dude. It's, it's one of those things you look at and you go, you want to be different. Having yep. Jerry Lawler call these kind of matches, I don't think is a good combination. Having JR do it's okay. He's called a lot of Japan and all that stuff. I think that's fine. But Lawler, I don't think is the right mix for this company. 
that would be a very bad re- frame of reference to the, pa- the past and the other company that you're competing with. That's trying it. To compete with. So well, it's, what's a bigger problem for you? The, the hearkening back to the past and we're going to just be another TNA where we just recycle old WWE people that nobody wants. Or, or, WCW, do, you think, yeah. or do you think it's <laughs> right? Or do you think it's just going to be a situation of it's just not the right fit in terms of the kind of product they're trying to put out there? I, well, that's kind of more like it is. I think, I think Lawler definitely worked in the Attitude Era where that was the product they were calling was wacky and weird and all that. I think this is something that you want somebody who knows the moves. You want somebody who can really build on the backstory. I mean, you, you can go the Bobby Heenan route in, with, in terms of his humor, but I don't think that would work for them. I think uh, you, know, you, you want somebody a little bit more smarky, I guess is what I'm trying to say there. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's a lot of guys who could do it and a lot of guys who would be very good at it. And they definitely need somebody. And it should be somebody young and edgy and fun. Preferably not in a mask. I just want to put that out there. Um, it's, it's, you could go the Colt Cabana route if you really wanted to, if you can lure him away or something. There's, you know, I don't there's have a problem with that. I don't, I don't, you know, that kind of fills that indie vibe. Right. That's what you're going for. And, and look, I, and I don't want to come off as though I was not excited for, not enjoy. I did. I enjoyed this. That was great. Um, but again, putting a one-off show pay-per-view is awesome. They deserve all the credit in the world. Doing a weekly episodic TV show is different. It's significantly harder. I'm excited to think that they're going to be giving these guys opportunities to go and make their own promos and talk from the heart and all that stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, these guys aren't actors, most of them. So, you know, when you have people who have that ability to convey or to take people's scripts that they give them and make them work, that's a rarity. At its best, it's always better when there's a little bit of improv in there because it feels more authentic because it is because it's their own words even though it might not be their own feelings, at least you're letting them kind of run through their own words so it feels a little bit more authentic. So I'm looking forward to that, but that is different. So let's talk about with you know, the biggest story, the biggest thing, which was at the end of the Jericho-Kenny Omega match, which I was ni- it was nice to see Omega not go over because that's yeah. kind of one of these things too, which is, oh, well, all the stars of the show are all going to win and it's going to be one of these things where we're just here to like make ourselves a great, but Kenny being Kenny, of course, puts over Jericho. Uh, fun match, not as good as their... Uh, initial one in Japan, I thought. I, I agree, yeah. I wouldn't say a disappointing one. Not that it was bad one, at all. Yeah. But not, I mean, that one in Japan that they had, what was it, last January? Or I'm trying to remember exactly. Two, Russell, two Wrestle Kingdoms ago. Two Wrestle Kingdoms ago. God, man, yeah. time's flying, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, my God. But it was it was good, solid match. Very good. Um, oh, love Not Chris the match Jackson. of the night, but yeah. It was no, very... not the match of the night. But you yeah. know what? But a good main event. Yes, I agree. And I think that's what it is. You put the star power there. They might not have the match of the night. And I was actually surprised because you know how I feel about the guys that had the match of the night. I'm on the fence sometimes about them. But at the end, John Moxley comes out, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose. And apparently, JR did not know. He knew they were... That's the rumor. He yep. comes out and says, I flat out didn't know. I know they were talking to him and negotiating, which I think is great to pull that on the announcer because you got a real authentic call there. And it was exciting. The crowd was into it. The DDT's... Uh, uh, Chris Jericho, he DDTs the referee. He does that big spot uh, on top of the chips there with Kenny Omega. And I that thought was this was great. It was great. The whole thing was <laughs> terrific. And now, now you got to build on it. Like you, that, that's to me the always thing. So here's a question I pose to you, Tim. It's so easy to have this moment. It's so easy to have this. Who's the third man? It's so easy to have the, oh my God, it's stone cold. It's stone cold. It's always, it's easy to have that holy crap moment or that return or that guy who pops the first time. How do you build on it? Do you think that they can successfully build on it? Uh, well, I think you have to be careful. I, I don't know if it's one hours or two hours on TV. 
So that's, that makes a difference there. I think how much time you have to fill, it makes a difference. Cause you know, we talked about it's going to be a two hour show. I would be very surprised if it was a one hour show, but I'll tell you what, Part of the reason why I love the NXT product is it's a one-hour awesome show where you get three great matches, and we were just talking about this. You get three great matches. You get a couple fun interludes in between. Like last week, you got Tyler Breeze and Velveteen with a hilarious little moment with the selfie and the whole thing. And that's all you need to get me excited for the TakeOver, which we're going to talk about later on in the show. I'm optimistic they can build on it because if Dean Ambrose or John Moxley is really excited and ready to do this and he made this commitment, apparently on the Jericho podcast they just did, which is causing a lot of waves. He basically buried WWE creative, buried everything. He was willing to walk away from wrestling altogether. Do you believe that? Mm-hmm. You can get down moments when you're being suffocated creatively. I can totally understand where he would be coming from there. Uh, and that's the thing. I think AEW is going to allow these guys to do a little bit more to fill a show. They're not going to have everybody wrestle every week. They, they, they're not going to have everybody do that because, A, probably the contract will work out with it's probably better off if they wrestle less and just save it for the big events or, you know, once every couple of weeks on the TV show, they already do the being the elite on YouTube. So that's video content galore. They could post stuff from there and, and kind of rotate in other things there. So if you, if you don't have to have everybody wrestle every week to have a good wrestling show. I know it's kind of the obligation you want to have, but for pre-taped or whatever, if it's going to be the same location all the time, you don't need to like have everybody out there to please the hometown crowd there. I think you just really have a show where you can have people going in and out of storylines and going on and off of TV and do their own thing. It, kind of actually helps the balance that way. Yeah, I, I think that's a, an astute way of putting it. I, I, I agree. And I, I'm, I'm optimistic. Like I said, I think it's great. Do, do you run the risk now, too, because this is one of the guys from the other company, and some people say, oh, it's so exciting, and I know everybody wants to member berries everything about the Monday Night Wars, and everybody wants to be member berries about, uh, you know, Hall and Nash, and this is the most exciting thing since Scott Hall came over to, to WCW and all that stuff. And that wears off at the end of the day. Like that's just like initial pop. I told you initial pop is easy. Mm-hmm. That's easy to do. It's easy to, you know, and have the Hardy boys show up at WrestleMania and everybody loses their mind. It's okay. What do you do after that? But how do you, how do you roll with them continuously? And that's, that's where I think the, that's where I really want to see whether or not AEW can do that. And I, I'm optimistic they can, but everybody who just thinks it's a lock, I think is grossly overestimating how hard it is. Oh, for sure. And to, but to build those mid card, storylines is like the most important part of all this the main event is going to sell itself most of the time you have to have those interesting things tiding you over otherwise you know the women's division has to be built up you know the young bucks the tag division is going to have to be a thing and i don't know what i feel about that just yet even though the the the, the, the match was great for that how are you going to build depth in the tag division you know you have the four basically the four person <laughs> the <event> revival <laughs> yeah. no, I was saying, you have the four person main event scene in aew so that's kind of writing itself so that's the well yeah I, I think you have you have some good stars at the top. You have good opportunities. Again, it's how do you filter in more guys on a weekly basis? Uh, I like the fact that they don't want to do a pay-per-view every month. I think that's much smarter. I'd rather get four good pay-per-views a year or four great ones than 12 right. mediocre ones and, or, you know, or eight mediocre ones and four good ones or however you want to put it. So I, I'm right. definitely all about that. Let's talk yeah. about uh, Bret Hart, who is there introducing the championship. I like the belt. It was fine. I, I, maybe I had higher expectations, but it was good. It's better than some of the, the latest WWE belts, but then again, that bar is not very high. What did you think of the belt? I think it's good. It kind of reminds me of old school NWA-ish a little bit. Yeah, it's very ornate. I, I looked at it as a combination of IWGP and NWA. Yeah, I think that's a real good call. I, so, I think and obviously for good reasons with Cody and, and all those guys. Now, speaking of Cody, I enjoyed Cody and Dustin quite a bit. 
I can. You I could argue that was the match of the night. Just I, I will argue that it was, and it was close. And I, you know, I heard Cody after the fact too talk about, um, you know, he he didn't want to wrestle his brother at WrestleMania. He had other plans. He didn't want to do things to death. You know, that's the thing I, I like about Cody. Cody always kind of sees, he's always looking for the next thing and the next thing, not what the once was. But this was one of the moments where I think it was really smart. It's well done. It was well executed. Yep. Of course, I'm getting busted open and kind of having the uh, his face end up. It's just which is ironic. Stone you know, Cold the, well, yeah. it's it's Stone Cold moment, but like the moment where like you know he's always gold dust and he, the gold face matched the gold outfit. Like he had the black yep. and the red that matched. It was just kind of wild. It was just it was a crazy thing there. But this was, I think, the best storytelling of the night. I, I agree. Uh, of course, mo- not the most at stake, but the best personal stuff going on. I thought was was very well told. They needed to have this match in their careers. It was all, all the Stardust Goldust starts and stops they had. This is this is much better than any of that. I'm glad it happened here. What did you think of uh, the Cody's uh, ring in, ring entrance? Oh, and destroying the throne and everything. I mean before yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, maybe I'm a little marky. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I I know some people didn't like it. They thought it was unnecessary. I think it's a statement. I think if they're going to get on the Hall of Fame and make little jokes. And you bring the throne out and you crush it. And I think, I think it's a sentiment. I think it's the – I'll tell you what. I think it's equally important for the guys backstage more than the fans. I, I'll tell you that. I, I think it was more important to them to say, hey, we're going to be here and we're going to try to break the wheel here. We're going to – this is not it. There's not like the king on the throne and, and it's not me. And I think it was important that he did it. Now, the question remains, are you going to do that? Are you going to fall into the trap of – what so many guys have done who have had control, which is continue to put themselves over, continue to put themselves as a star, or eventually realize when that's starting to run out, you have to make new stars. The death of WCW was what? They refused to let those younger guys grow and become something, and the Chris Jericho's of the world left, and all the Chris Benoit's left, and next thing you know, they had no stars left. It was a bunch of old guys and a bunch of unproven talent, and the product completely went to crap. Um, and, and you can make that argument in other places, too, even in TNA to a certain extent. Like, when are you, when are you going to make way for the next rung of guys and do it at the expense of your own career. I like to think Cody can do that, but again, we'll see. It's really easy. We'll see. Yeah. You know, we'll see. And, and look, if there's anybody who can do it, I think it's him for the same reason. He didn't want to wrestle his brother initially. Right. Cause he's always looking ahead. And I think that's what I like about Cody so much. And I think that's why he's been so damn successful and he's so easy to root for. You know, like he, I, I, I think so. Anyway, I mean, hear the, did you hear the, uh, the post-show uh, press conference with him? I caught some of it. I thought it was really enlightening and terrific. And he's, Oh, he's an intelligent guy. Like, he absolutely has a great mind for the business. And, he's intelligent. He's savvy. He's also, yeah, yeah and, and I like the throne. Did you like the throne thing, the destroying the throne? Or did you think it was kind of stupid to even acknowledge? I don't th- uh, yeah, the, well, the acknowledgement of the other company kind of bothered me a little bit because if you're trying to do your own thing, set yourself aside. But I totally get like, – like you said, it was more of a rallying cry type of thing. It was more of a you're all here, you know, you're all here for this backstage. And, and even the fans, I think, including in the community aspect. I think it's like a, like a pep rally type of thing. And I see the point of it. it it's, maybe creatively I'm like, all right, you have anything with your brother already. Doing that on top of it is kind of maybe a little bit more. But you could do both if you do it right, and I think you did that right. Well, it's a nice little circle, too, because you got the destruction of the throne, the destruction of the old guard, and then you're taking one of the old superstars. And at the end (laughs) of the show, you've got an old WWE superstar with a different name coming in there and and being kind of the the moment of the show, as it were. 
and kind of look, it's all done. Everything that you knew is over. It's done. It's broken. We're going to, we're going to build something new. And I kind of like that. I think it was, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of debate about that, but yeah. I think at the end of the day, I think, I think more good than bad from that. I know some people didn't like it, but you know, yeah, because wrestling fans, people don't like a lot of stuff. People listen right. to the show. I'm sure they don't like a lot of things we say here and that's fine. Right. It's a discussion and that's why we like to do it. All right. Let's talk about probably from the wrestling standpoint, the match of the night, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers, which you know me, sometimes the flippy BS gets a little much for me. I thought this was the best work by the Young Bucks in quite some time. I was, yeah. I, I was very taken with this match. Uh, it's a spot fest uh, like you would expect, but you know, for me, sometimes the spot fest it lacks a little bit of, like I like to say, aggressive intent, where it's like they're flipping for no reason. They're doing things where there's no intent. And maybe that's the little Jim Cornette voice inside my head sometimes they're like well what's the point here Jim Cornette does not have a little voice but yeah well no but he, but it's that little <laughs> tiny Jim Cornette that lives in the in front of my brain there that says things like this where it's like well are you trying to hurt the guy or are you trying to show off and you could do both at the same time this was a better combination of being aggressive trying to win the match and hurt each other as opposed to showing off it, so right and I thought Lucha Brothers brought out that feel for them it was very much Will Ospreay flipping and not Kalisto flipping so. Yeah, okay, good Good way of putting it. Yeah, uh, well, I agree. Well, Osprey, you believe he's trying to murder you when he does stuff like that. So. And the Lucha boys are just like, you know. Maybe. Pentagon's amazing. Pentagon's he's, I've been a fan of his since Lucha Underground. Uh, he's, I think he's one of the 10 best wrestlers in the I've world. I've even watched him in Impact the last year or so when he, you know, yeah. popping up in there. It's, you know, he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's just, he's a beast, man. He really is. It's, it's a great gimmick, great look, great yeah. technique. Guy, guy well, can roll. And you know what? That's, that's going to be fascinating to watch too is how do you evolve these guys on episodic television? How do you make that all work? And I, and I think you can. Uh, SoCal Uncensored versus Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. What would you think of this one? Uh, it, was, it was a good showcase. Uh, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christopher Daniels guy myself, so I'll always watch anything he's involved in. So. Agreed. Agreed. And you know, he can still go. You still go. Yeah, I want to be in wanna... that shape in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to be in that shape 20 years. I, I just started like three years ago. But. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Hangman Page won the Casino Battle Royal. So basically, you know, Hangman and, and Pac, or as we like to call him, you know, we like to not refer to him on the show as Pac because it's a stupid name. X Neville. Dead X Neville, Neville is, is what we like <laughs> to call him here on the show. But it would have been, I would have preferred to have seen that. It kind of felt like, do you feel like this was kind of the, the thing the whole time? Where they're just kind of building him up a little bit as Pac as this unlikable character who pulls out of the match, and then because apparently he's going to be on the next one. Yeah, well, because he doesn't have to lose to him, I guess now. But yeah, well, I, I, I think tag team match, whatever. I don't have to job or like lose, and that's that's fine. But that's kind of I feel like this was all kind of set up from the get go. I think Paige is going to be like a top baby face, maybe the top baby face, to be honest. I'm fine with that. I like Paige. If, if, if it, I mean, the one that's on TV every week, maybe. Of course, Omega's there. He's not going to, you know be the guy that get ignored but Paige is like that the guy they want to really push well if he's the guy who's in that that tier where it's like who is the guy we're going to build to the next level yeah exactly it's clearly yeah. they see him as that and I think he can handle it and I think the evolution of him in the last year or so has been worthy of that kind of a push I think they're they're spot on there uh Paige and Jericho should be a fun match though yeah sure. 100% I'm yeah. down for that Jack Evans and Angelico uh versus uh Chucky e. T and Beretta thoughts on that one uh, I mean, Evans and Helico, more Lucha Underground guys. So they're, they're not bringing in new guys. They, they, they're known guys that just kind of are independent. But Jack Evans, those two guys are, are pretty crazy. They can do a lot of high-flying stuff. Uh, the Best Friends gimmick is kind of funny. I'm not the hugest fan of them, but I, I totally I, – I get the appeal behind, you know, the, the funny part of it. But uh, I forgot who won that one, actually, which kind of says a lot. But <laughs> I think the Best Friends won. But, yeah, good, good showcase. Nice work there. 
And you get Britt Baker uh, defeating Awesome Kong, who showed up with a big... Nice surprise. Big, that was fun. Again, fun, nice surprise. Good to see her. Nyla Rose and Kylie Ray in that one uh, with Allie on commentary. And um, look, I thought overall this was a, a, a really solid show. And it's, it's sometimes, in some ways, it's hard to do the one-offs because you don't have a lot of build. You know, you don't have episodic TV to lead you up to the build of a pay-per-view. Not that WWE does it well. Certainly, they struggle with that very frequently. But it is difficult to do. At a certain point, you're going to have to combine those two things. It'll be fascinating to see where it goes from here. And I think that they did a really good job of continuously, step-by-step, proving the concept. And I think that's what Double or Nothing was about. It was like, hey, all in is going to be this. We're going to prove the concept. We proved it. Now can we prove it in the sense of we're building towards an episodic TV show? Can we prove it? Yeah, we can. And if they keep proving the concept like this one step at a time, I think that's great. And I think it's excellent that they have time to build properly as opposed to like a spring football league or XFL or something like that where they just go right at it and it just implodes and you can't finish the season because it just takes a crap. I think this is the way to go, that they are not rushing it they're letting it kind of build properly. And I think that is also something people should be very encouraged about the AEW product is they're not trying to just throw it out there as fast as they can. They're trying to throw it out there with some sort of thought process behind it. They want care taken to what they're doing. It's, it's their baby. And they're going to they're gonna let it develop at its pace. And like you said, fewer events right now, the better. I, I think they're, they're actually running off a lot of pay-per-view, pay-per-view events right now, but that's before TV kicks in. So I get why they do that once a month. If it's the only thing you're doing, if you're not on TV every week, you need that one per month to just remind us of the consciousness that you're there. But yeah, they're showing their work. They're really kind of cultivating something different and off to the side. I liked it. I I think it was a really good start. It was. It was was a good start, good buzz. I think from the standpoint of, I I still say it was too expensive as a a pay-per-view. I think had they priced it at $39 even, even $29, they would have been crazy crazy numbers I think they would have done I think it was a lot to ask of people to spend 50 bucks on a on a on a like I know they're excited about it but if they're still spending 50 bucks on something where they're not 100% sure on it and I think you just want eyeballs you just want eyeballs on the product it's like when I wrote my first book it's like I was really super cheap on Kindle store because I just wanted eyeballs on the product and then you build and build and build until you're number one in football and baseball and all that stuff and I think that's the same thing with this it's like just get eyeballs on the product but the YouTube live stream free was clever. Um, you knew things were going to get leaked out and there was going to be other feeds and stuff like that. So that's never a problem. But um, all in all, I would say, what would, you, what would you give this a grade? If you're going to grade the AEW product double or nothing overall, what would your grade be? I think I'll say B+. I was going to say the same thing. It There's just a- missed A- minus for me. Yeah, a lot, lot of work to do with kind of smoothing out in-ring work with some of the undercard stuff. And the commentary I actually was referring to before was Alex Marvez. I really don't like him on play-by-play. I'm not a fan either. Uh, he, should be, he should be a back, uh, you know, backstage reporter type. I think he's a great reporter, always did the good NFL work. I just don't think it's a good mix here. Well, uh, so I'll tell you what. I'm sure Mauro Ronaldo was the guy that they wanted. Well, yeah. We all do. But, uh, you know. So, um, well, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, but you I, could I then they locked him up with a, with a multi-year extension, what, like three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can absolutely tell that that was – there's no way you don't want Mauro Ronaldo. He's the best there is. I'm sorry. Anybody who thinks otherwise just ain't paying attention. There's right. nobody better than him, and he would be the perfect guy for this product. Oh, God. He would take it to – and, and if I was them, I would have – you know, if you're doing episodic TV, that, that commentary is such a huge deal. Yeah. And I keep saying it that as WWE gets into the summer, by the time they get to fall, 
all these announced teams I think are going to be different. I, I see massive changes coming this summer. By the time they get to Fox, I don't think you're going to see Corey Graves. I don't think you're going to see uh, Michael Cole anymore. I really don't. I think you're going to see a whole different mix of people in there over the summer until they try to figure it out because it ain't working. It ain't good. It's hurting the product. And something like the presence of Amaro Ronaldo can help a product so much early on go from zero to 100 right. because of his intensity level and his excitement. And look, JR can do it too. Not a knock on JR. JR is the elder statesman. He's the guy. He's a good person to bring in there. But also, just having JR around, you know, wrestling minds like that around the company is just super smart. And I oh, think his, that's, that's the yeah. big takeaway from that too. His work with talent and booking and executive type of stuff, you know, like the big picture stuff is just fit off the charts. So that, that's a really helpful guy to have around either way. All right. So let's talk about um, the response, as it were, from mm -hmm. WWE, which uh, was a lackluster Raw. And uh, uh, less than, less than under, right, go ahead. I was the underwhelming SmackDown. SmackDown was usually a better show anyway. Yeah. It wasn't terrible, but a little underwhelming considering the standard. And I'll tell you what, you know, I actually thought the the Bailey uh, Lacey Evans match and that whole thing with Charlotte actually was probably the best stuff of the night. Personally, I agree. Yep. I thought that was the by far the most entertaining. You had storylines, you had things happening, you had stuff. You know, it was a little bit of juice there, and that's what you need. You need some juice. The only thing on Raw that I thought had juice was another great promo from Dolph Ziggler, who I love this whole it should have been me thing. And it's, it's not you, Kofi. It's not personal. I, I love that. It's great. It's yep. dark. It's interesting. I think he's one of their most talented performers in the ring, outside the ring, and they've never really been able to hit on something consistently with him. My fear is this is another short-term BS thing. It's going to be over at Super Showdown, and it's going to be gone. If they had any balls they would have Kofi lose the belt to Dolph Ziggler, come back and have him have a nice long run with the thing. Because I'll tell you what, if it comes down to talent and it comes down to who you're going to move on from and how you're going to do these things, it's, I'm telling you, what Dolph is doing right now is hot. It's one of the few things you have that's hot. Sami Zayn's hot in the company right now. Everything else is kind of mediocre. Drew McIntyre has disappeared behind Shane McMahon, which is, uh, I just want to throw something at the TV. It's yeah. so frustrating to watch. And you know what? The only other saving grace that I could think about from WWE this week is another great Cesaro-Ricochet match. Yeah, uh, pretty easy to, to notch that off as a positive most time. So Yeah, and, but uh, to what end? Because now we're back to the 50-50 right. booking and where does this go and all that crap. I mean, it's just... Mm -hmm. And this 24-second seven title is... You know, it's it, it's it's basically becoming... It's already being a little... Well, right. it's Archer's gimmick right now. Yeah. Which... Again, not terrible. It's not a terrible idea, but it's just, it's kind of goofy. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, they're, this was a bad week to have a bad product after yeah. AEW. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, so here you go. Here, now the question is this John Moxley shows up. Apparently, Vince had no idea that Dean was really doing this, which I, again, find that super hard to believe with his wife working in the company. Right. At the end of it all, Vince McMahon has to look at this, and I know like sometimes the uh, the impetus is to want to tighten the grip stronger on the product, and I feel like that's always what Vince does in these times of need. Is instead of realizing maybe the game has passed him, he tightens, he tightens, and what happens when you tighten and tighten, it gets worse and worse. The best thing that can happen is to pass things over to Stephanie and Triple H, and Triple H being in charge of this product because the NXT product is great. It's by far the most enjoyable thing. We're going to get to take over in a second. Do you think there's any hope for that? Do you think that they're starting to panic? Do you think he's starting to tighten 
And is there any hope that Vince actually steps away a little bit and gets hands off and lets guys like Paul Heyman and guys like Triple H kind of take over a little bit? I, I think it would have to happen sometime. It, it earliest would be would be before XFL starts, I guess. So, well, that's a long time away because that's going to take us through an awfully long but, 2019 or a thing crapper. But he's going to want to really kind of walk things through with everybody about what he would want if he were to, to leave because I well, he, that's the way I mean, he, he's never going to leave. But his his you know, you know what I mean past, his past overseeing of everything and his last minute changes of stuff and all the things that seem to be really just moving things in that direction where it's funny because WrestleMania, maybe just by comparison, but WrestleMania was pretty good this year. It's too long. It was long, but it was great. It was really good. Infinitely better product than the previous year. And I felt like they had a lot of steam and I felt like things were all right. We finally got things going in the right direction. And then now we're, we're sitting here a couple of weeks later and we're looking at each other going, Oh no, it's like two months later. How do we fall back into this awful pattern? And, and here it is. We're back there again, and I don't know what to do about it, Tim. It's I'm, I'm lost. Yep, it's a relapse of, like you said, a little too much wanting to hover over everything. You know, helicopter parenting your product. And that's not good. Uh, the whole thing of AEW is letting people breathe and letting the talent do their own thing. You, you know, you people who want something new are not going to want to go back to a, a product that's kind of you know reminding them of what's bad about it. Well, the one thing I can say is that the thing they have going for them, they have an enormous amount of talent in that company right now. Andrade, Ricochet, Aleister Black. I mean, most of these guys are the NXT guys who are coming through. Uh, Adam Cole, Velveteen. You know, all these guys they have right now. Matt Riddle is an enormous talent. They have on the main roster and on NXT an incredible, young, exciting group of players that if they actually handed it over to somebody who knew what to do with them, and Triple H basically knows what to do with them already, they could run away with this thing and they could bury i'm telling you they could bury a company like aw if they did it right that's how much talent they have on this roster the problem is how are you going to utilize it properly and how are we going to get out of this thing where we stop making it this goofy thing where like there's eric young and what's he doing oh he's just running and chasing after a belt well we'll give eric young a match there was there was so little wrestling on raw it was insane and i think that's how you win people back win people back in the ring the 50th minute, I think, was the first match, right? It was nuts. Then, yeah, and, it was insane. And, and it was that joke match with Shane and, and Roman's cousin or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's just, it's super frustrating. And the Shane is, is way too much airtime right now. It's just way too much on, on both yeah. shows. Just way too much Shane McMahon. And he's not his father. Shane, I, I love Shane. Shane's had some great moments over the years. He's not Vince in terms of everybody hating him. He's just not. He's too likable. <laughs> he's got too much... He's got too much favor built in over the years where you can't turn him into this maniacal guy that everybody's going to buy into. It's just, it just falls a little flat there. The stuff with The Miz was okay. But I'm telling you, right now, they're in such a weird limbo where they have all these super talented guys, the Ali's of the world, and, and just super talent. Let them, oh. win, let them win people back over between the ropes. That's how you oh. win over the fan base, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, John Moxley in, that, in, the, in the backstage vignette, was, which is great, by the way, said it best. I mean... It's a paradigm shift, or at least has the potential to be a huge one. Well, you, you know, know what? But you know what? Here's the one shade I'm going to throw at him. He worked real since when he came back to WWE. Maybe it was you know after the injury. Maybe he was just bigger. Maybe he was just a little older. Maybe he just his heart wasn't in it. I don't know. But he worked pretty damn stiff. 
it's I'm hard to press to find one good in ring match he had. Now, he had a couple. He had a couple of injuries in that time, but I agree it was definitely. He, he's not. He's not the cleanest style to begin he's with. Not the, he's not. And I I went back a couple of years and I watched like a match he had with AJ Styles, and it was it was good. I mean, granted, anybody can have a good match with AJ Styles, but oh yeah. <laughs> still, it's it's one of those. And this is when he was champ at the height of his you know SmackDown like 2016 ish or whatever it was. And I, I just don't get it. I, I feel like this, this notion that, like, y'all, like, this huge moment and all this thing, it's great. But are you really going to be excited when you watch him in the ring with Kenny Omega? I don't know. Well, I the really character don't. works in a carry him again, as it should. Because if they're letting him be this, this, this wild card guy and not in the, not, not, not in the Vince wild card way, uh, actual, like, you don't know what he's going to do next type of thing, that could really work. And I, what I meant by the paradigm shift, I was kind of trying to parlay that into – you know how the company had to find new stars in 94 era when Hogan left. Then you had Brett and all these guys come up and Sean come up. And then you had, of course, the Monday Night Wars. That was another one where you had to really up things. And, of course, competition being great for creativity. That's going to – hopefully if they if – you know, they don't have to be creative because they're the – WWE's the giant. And they, they – you know, basically AEW's punching up. They have to come up. Right. They, all they have to do is execute. And they have exactly. the pieces to execute. Yeah. I just want them to give those pieces a chance – and stick with them for some storylines. You had Rey Mysterio, by the way, with an injury. You had AJ Styles with an injury. We'll see how that impacts things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, look, it's it's the, you have those kind of guys in the company. You have the guys who have, like, Velveteen Dream has the personality level of The Rock. He's got that, that thing. Whatever that thing is where he comes out and he just owns it, and he's so damn young, and he's way better than he should be at that age. Those kind of guys, they have that talent in their grasp. Now they just have to utilize it properly, and they can defeat the upstart. I'm telling you, they can do it. The way they can't do it is that they keep tightening their grip and keep running these stupid things and keep running an hour of programming before anybody wrestles. It's not good. That's not what people want to see. And I'll tell you what, you couldn't pay me to go see a Raw in person. That must be a torturous thing. You go out there and sit and watch somebody talk for 45 minutes, you're there to see a wrestling show. Yeah, you want a little bit of banter, but remember when Raw was starting with a wrestling match a couple mm-hmm. times in like february march we're like hey look at this a wrestling match to start the show what a concept mm-hmm. you know it's it's i don't understand it. we fall back to this like 25 minute opener and it's just it's not necessary you got to break like, the mold it's like a concert have a great open calm down with maybe some talking and then you just drive it back up and you have like spurts of, of action i it's hope i uh, dude i hope i hope that they figure this out and i hope that they don't uh screw the pooch here because this is a really difficult thing here because they could really open the door for AEW in the fall to really make a big run. And I know there's a lot of pressure on them with this Fox deal. I'm telling you, the way to get eyes in the product, make stars of Ricochet, make stars of Aleister Black right now. Don't wait. You don't have to wait. Okay, the other guys in that mid-card, whatever, I don't care. It's over. It's done. They've had opportunities. Move these guys up. Elevate them ASAP. I haven't seen Aleister Black. I don't know if it's because of an injury, but he hasn't wrestled in weeks. Bray Wyatt with their gimmick is great. It's fascinating. It's fun. But get on with it, as Monty Python would say. Well, look, got to get him in the ring. Got to get him. Speaking of in the ring, you've got some exciting stuff at least because takeovers this weekend, and I can't wait for that. Thank you. (laughs) There is nothing better than takeover. It is the best. I love it. It's better than AEW shows. I'm sorry. It's better than the complete card of Japan. I I mean, we were at Supercard together. We were there live in the building at the Garden. It had some great moments, and it had some not-so-great moments. Uh, I'll always take a takeover start to finish. It's the most entertaining thing in the world. Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. That's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for this. We, we, we forget how Roddy as a singles competitor just steals and the show. You know what? And I think that's great that you're starting yeah. to build him a little bit because maybe you're going to have that break off from Undisputed Era with him and 
you know, um, uh, Adam Cole coming eventually. They've kind of planted the seeds for that. Now Undisputed Era is fine, but again, they've planted the seeds, so we'll see how <laughs> Bull- that goes. Bullet Club is fine. Undisputed Era is fine. It's great. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> um, but having watched Matt Riddle a couple weeks ago live in person a couple rows away from the ring, it was brilliant. I mean, I was always impressed with him on TV, but I, watching him work – his size, the strength, man, he is he's just so good. He is so damn good. Uh, you've got the uh, four-way tag team match uh, for the belts. You've got Undisputed Era versus Street Profits versus Forgotten Sons versus Lorcan and Birch. This is going to be <laughs> absolutely brilliant. My money is actually on Street Profits. I think Me it's time too. for them to get it. I think it's time for them Me to too. have a run. Montez, I think, is a star. I'd like to see that. You're, you're on board with that, huh? I was thinking this could be the, this could be the Undisputed Era is fine pay-per-view. And then maybe maybe Adam Cole loses later, but I, I think everyone's everything's everything's gonna go wrong for them here. I think they're all gonna all three undisputed era things are gonna lose. And I think well, Steve that Fox could yeah. Bad. I mean, look, it's it's one of the best things they have going. It's super popular. I don't know if I want to break it up quite yet. It's not breakup. It's just really big setback. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. a setback, and then you have them all get together, and then by the time you have them get together again, you bring them up to the main roster. Maybe that's how you go. May, uh, yeah, maybe this might be their departure. Who knows? I'll tell you this: this tag title ladder match is going to be off the chain, man. I'm telling you right now. Working and Birch in a big match. I'm very happy for them. They just and I love those guys too. to death, man. They are just yeah. great in ring workers. I don't think they'll ever work on the main roster. I just no. don't. So, but this is, it's fine. They don't have to. They could just be here and make me happy on takeovers and NXT and just, and just do great work. That's fine. Some guys just aren't meant to do that. And I love the idea of sending guys like Tyler Breeze down to have matches with Velveteen Dream. It's the most, I mean, everybody loves Tyler Breeze. He's great. He's been absolutely buried for two years now. Yep. Get him wrestling, get him on NXT. And I, this is not a demotion to me. To me, this is a promotion. It's like, would you rather be mid card guy? chasing around our truth in the in the at the memorial day barbecue from the usos or would you rather be in a feud with velveteen dream no brainer dude no brainer personality in that ring is gonna be off the charts i can't wait just the antics alone are just what to look forward to there it's gonna be I, awesome. i'll tell you what if if somehow tyler breeze won this belt i don't think that's terrible i don't think this is what's gonna happen at all but it would yeah. be a nice little wrench in there where you could really play this feud a little bit with him and Velveteen for a while and, and pull it out. Like, I was you before you were you type of thing. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, that's the classic. You, I was you before I, you were you. <laughs> oh, Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai. Looking forward to this one. You know, Io is so effortless in the ring. It'll be fun to watch her stylistically. You know, Kyrie had great matches with Shayna. Io is a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, I think, yep. than Kyrie. So it'll be interesting to watch that and how those styles kind of match up a little bit. But look, Shayna's just it, man. I mean, she she makes everybody look great in the ring with her. I don't think she gets enough credit. We'll see eventually if she plays on the main roster or not. But yeah. I'm I'm a huge fan, man. And I've watched think- her from day one all the way to here, dude. And her evolution's just been brilliant. She's she plays the heel just so beautifully, and I think you know Hunter or whoever else probably worked on it really well with her. And she's just she's taking that as her own. I don't think she loses here. No, I don't think she does either. And I and I don't want her to. She should be champ forever. Like she's just, <laughs> she's just great. And and it's in the ring too, where you know it's very difficult to play this beast like character who's so strong and so you know yep. talented and all this stuff and violent, and then make the other person look good and you believe it. I saw her in that. NXT live event I was just referencing that was at her fighting um, Casey Catanzaro, who is, you know, like, like a toothpick to her. Talk about contrast and styles. Yeah. And yet she made her look like a million bucks. She sold for her. She did everything she, she could to make you bought in. We knew there was no way the belt was changing hands, but 
we popped for a couple of those two counts. The crowd mm-hmm. popped, and that's that to me is a great job by both of them, but in particular Shayna, who really the NXT Women's Division is just one of the highlights of wrestling right now too. It is. Just, it's they're so it's, deep. It's tremendous, and of course yeah. you get the rematch: Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. Now, normally I would say I'm not big on these, you know, going down to the well again, but considering. Johnny Gargano and Champa went down to the well a million times and it was good every time. I think this is going to, I don't think it could top the first one, but then again, maybe I'm wrong because I thought the first one was match of the year quality. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do in this one. I don't know, man. It's, um, I, I can't wait to see it. That's all I know. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I think, like I said, it really depends on what their, what their stories would be with the undisputed era. I mean, if they kind of swerve us all and just have Cole win the title here, that'd be very interesting. Yeah. But I, I think the odds of that are like 30% happening. Fair enough. All right, so that'll do it for us today. We'll be back again, obviously, next Wednesday to recap uh, everything that happened from the NXT TakeOver, and we'll see if things start to improve a little bit. Uh, Plus, we've got the uh, preview for Super Showdown, which I know you're excited about. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, great. Another event we have to watch. Oh, and the uh, (laughs) 50-person... What is it? Battle Royal. So now we're going to start... The greatest, most stupendous... Most stupendous. Yeah, we're going to start with 50 people in the ring. That's going to work out great. Is it going to be like a War Games ring where you have two rings? Like, how, how are we going to do this? <laughs> that would make that would be a nice wrench, though, at least. That would be fun. It's yeah. not going to happen, but that would happen. be fun. I would like yeah. to see that. But God forbid we think outside of the box. That would be fun. Like, throw one guy in the ring, one ring to the other. Look at it. I just mm-hmm. came up. Look at it. I just booked a whole other thing. You watch next uh, Saudi Arabia event. Paul Strowman throws Ricochet across two rings. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be amazing. Uh, it would be. It would be more amazing to see Ricochet just have a great singles match and be pushed, but. <laughs> you know, beggars can't be choosers. What are you going to do? <laughs> All right, you can follow us on Twitter at JoePizzaPia17. You can follow Tim at Team Heaney. That's right, the top hat, Tim Heaney himself. Team Heaney. Join and Team Heaney. Yep. That's right. You can follow us on In This uh, League 2 at the ITL podcast. So uh, if you like the show, make sure you subscribe. We're over on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google, everywhere you can possibly listen to uh, uh, In This Ring. We are here. You can also follow us on Twitter at In This Ring. That'll do it for me and Tim. There's only one thing left to do, and that's remember, to be the men, you gotta beat the men. And we are the men. Woo! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.